Hello and welcome to another episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. I'm delighted to say uh, joining me uh, for this recording are uh, Ian and uh, good to have uh, Les uh, back in the room. The final score at the uh, Riverside, um, we'd have taken it before the game. The final score was Borough 1, City 1. Uh, I'll come to you first, Ian, and then you, Les, same question. Ian, um, cup half full from your perspective? Got a point? We'd have been happy with that, wouldn't we? We'd have been happy with a point. The performance was dreadful, and thank God for Max O'Leary. Um, what Nigel Pearson was trying to do was reasonably easy to see once we knew the formation. Uh, it went completely wrong. And then having corrected it uh, halfway through the first half to a, to a fashion, he then changed it at half time. And that's exactly where Middlesbrough goal came from. With That's with Semenyo reverting to right wing back. So um, I'm afraid in the manager rating today, Nigel gets nil point. Okay, fair enough. Blaise, your uh, thoughts, cup half, well, I think I know what you're going to say, cup half full or cup half empty. A point on the road is good, but Ian's commented on the performance. Uh, half, cup half empty, I thought we were. Pretty poor. Um, we had one good or well, one effective pattern of play in the whole game, which we scored from. Other than that, we offered very little going forward. Um, defensively, that first half was as bad as anything I can that I've seen since that year. We got relegated when we had Fontaine, McManus, and Bates at the back. I mean, I don't know what Viner was doing. It was like someone had a rope around him and just kept pulling him towards close, leaving a massive gap on the right hand side. I didn't understand the starting lineup with Byman and Semenyo as wing backs. It seemed a pretty desperate thing to do. And I didn't really understand much of the subs either, to be honest, because some of our players looked completely gone and out of legs after the week. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, anyone who's sat there thinking, yeah, it's a competitive league, we can push for the playoffs. I think you need to get in the real world. We are definitely looking at those below us rather than those above us. Well, we're looking over our shoulder. I mean, for my part, I've been calling for a Scott uh, Williams, uh, James midfield. And, you know, that's a good trio in theory. But they let 34-year-old Johnny Housen have the freedom of the park out there because I thought, I don't think any of them, well, I don't know. I'm going to be, maybe I'm being critical. I don't think any of them had particularly good games, you know. And why, as both of you have said, you know, he had Semenya and Vyman as wing-backs. I mean, every game this season we've been playing with Sykes and with uh, Jada Silva in those positions. Why mix it up in the way that he did? I don't know. Only he knows, but there we go. Um, okay, I mean, we've sort of done the starting lineup. Out went Tanner through suspension. Sykes dropped. Jada Silva dropped. In came close. Uh, Joe Williams, who... Talk, picking up on what you said, Les, about players looking out on their legs. He certainly did. He can't manage uh, two games uh, in a week. But uh, starting lineup, just the, the formation, nobody really knew what it was. But uh, if we get in, I mean, as early, get into the action, as early as the first couple of minutes, there was a scramble uh, and a couple of uh, corners uh, that Borough got. But uh, Les, that first uh, chance, uh, there was a double save from. Uh, Max, Housen to McGree after Viner's cock-up. Uh, Max, that was the first of many really good saves he made, wasn't it, Les? 
Was this the one where Viner decides to run as close to closer as he can, leaving that's it? Half the very the first one. I mean, was I mean, what's he? Out. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. Okay, because people are saying, yeah, but he's getting no protection from the wing back that it's Semenyo, but because Semenyo's not there, surely he should be moving the other way. Do you know what I mean? If anything, mm. he's going to try and cover that space. So it, and it wasn't just once; it happened four or five times in the game. Mm. Obviously, that cost us the equaliser but yeah it was a good save from Max he got up quickly uh, to react um, otherwise we would have been one down within the first five six minutes but I don't know what Vinyl was doing I mean Vinyl was dreadful I mean Closer was pretty dreadful as well but yeah I mean I, I just like I said in the initial point it was one of the worst halves of defence of football from a defensive perspective that I can remember seeing yeah. in a long time but then Ian as strange as football is and in this division in particular, uh, yeah, an excellently worked goal. A minute later, I've got Scott to Vyman, Vyman to Conway, Conway to Vyman. Eight goals and four assists from Tommy. That was a class goal, much like the strike we got uh, the other weekend as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great goal, and that was how the team was meant to play. Uh, so it played like it for two minutes, and it didn't then for eighty-eight. So, um, great goal. Uh, that was the, that's why you put Vyman over that side of the field. There are better formations for achieving that. You could play him on the left of a 4-2-3-1. Uh, but I, I'm afraid for the rest of the game, we were more or less camped in our own penalty area. We, we didn't get up the pitch. We didn't press hard enough or often enough. Uh, Johnny Howson, uh, I mean, he'd have less time on a fortnight's holiday. Um, and the, their players at the back were put under almost no pressure throughout the game. So um, when we did attack them, they didn't look all that good. No, so, we didn't do, we didn't it, do it enough. Was, well, we might have done it for five minutes in a 90. And, and that isn't, yeah. that's simply not good enough. And yeah. um, the, the banana skin is looming because Lincoln, uh, who we play on, is it Tuesday night we're playing? Tuesday night, yeah. They lost yeah. at Chippenham. They lost at Chippenham 1-0. So if they come here and win, <laughs> dear me, that is going to be some real Mickey take in there of a serious Well, nature. that's not going to happen. Let's, we'll talk about that in a minute, the Tuesday game and obviously the final game before the World Cup. Les, you, you said it was a well-worked goal from Conway. Ian said that was about it. But six minutes after the goal, you know, we did show going forward because you should have had a second print to Conway, Conway to Vyman, Vyman to Conway and Naki Wells. You know, he'd probably be disappointed you didn't tuck that one away and then potentially it's game over, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, OK, we created two chances in the game, the one we scored at the Wells. I don't think that was as good a chance as people make it out to be. Mm. I think it was more of a half chance. But other than that, what did we create in 90 odd minutes? Absolutely nothing. You know, mm. yes, it was a half decent chance. Yes, it was a good pattern of play, but you'd expect more than that. You'd expect that to happen more than twice in a 90 minute game against a side in the relegation zone. That's just my yeah, opinion. side in the relegation zone, although we're on paper not a bad squad. And then we've already talked about Zach, uh, you know, for the first uh, save of uh, for first double save from Max, but then on 17 and 20 minutes, twice, uh, he was bailed out by Max when this lad Force got into good positions and drew saves from him, didn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Viner's passed it straight to their player. He's won through on goal from the angle and Max has made a good save. I mean, again, Viner, I don't know what was going on, but it wasn't at the standard you'd expect. I mean, 
as I said earlier, Closer was pretty terrible himself. I don't know what was, maybe he was still... Well, he's meant to be a leader. He's meant to be the most experienced. Even Tinian was saying he's a first division player. Well, look, 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 at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you listen to Brian Tinian in that game, he was absolutely roasting Viner time and time again. Now, if an employee is doing that on live TV... Um, yeah. With thousands or hundreds of hundreds of people watching, maybe a thousand, I don't know, hundreds of people watching, whatever, then that shows how poor Viner was. It was absolutely dreadful for the first mm. sixty minutes. Um, which is a, which no, is look, out of character. Look, look, well, it's in character, but he's been. Uh, you know, was that the true Zach Viner, or I was Zach thinking, Viner is not a championship centre back. He's no. never been a championship centre back. I don't think he ever will be because I don't think he's good enough. I think he falls asleep. I think he's weak in the challenge. I don't think he's particularly good in the air. I think he's, he does the odd good forward pass, but then he has some horrors like we saw today. Um, so O'Leary bailed us out. That's why we're lucky to get a point today because I don't yeah. think Borough particularly good. I thought we were dreadful, and I thought our defence first half was pretty shambolic. Yeah, it was one-sided. Ian, that guy up front for them, Force, is he there on loan from uh, Brentford? Because my Brentford uh, friend and supporter, he said we were sniffing around him, certainly within the last 18 months. But he looked he looked quite lively, didn't he? Yeah? Yeah, I think he's a very good player. Um, he's a Danish international or Swedish, something yeah. like that. But yeah, I think he's on loan or either that. They might have bought him for a couple of mil. But he put me in mind of Andy Weinman. Uh, a little bit, but uh, yeah, good player. And if it hadn't been for Max, we could have easily lost a game five one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, yeah. I don't think we could have had any complaints if that had happened. Yeah, Ian, sticking with you, uh, Alex Scott had uh, a good game against Sheffield United, but then standing out on the basis of two good runs. But as you said, no goals, no assists. Um, the referee, uh, Donoghue, twice in the space of about two minutes, Scott went on a run, no foul. Vyman breaking through, pushed clearly, because with the replays you can see the push, no foul. Poor decisions by the referee there, wasn't it, really? And both of those were, you know, would have put us in good positions. Although, again, when we did have any dead ball kicks, we didn't really make any of them count, did we? No, but uh, but I think certainly the Vyman one was a, was a free kick. Uh, and I thought... The referee was a bit of a homer. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I mean, if we'd have lost the game, could you have blamed the referee? No. Because um, he didn't make any what I call outrageous howlers. There was a, a lot of shouting. They had a lot of shouting for penalties in the first half. And he, he, he'd obviously made up his mind, unless it was absolutely blatant, he wasn't going to give one because you had the foul on Naki Wells in the second half as well. Um, yeah. And I couldn't really, I didn't really look at that. I would have been pretty upset if that had been given against us. Let's put it that way. I think he went down a bit easy. And perhaps some of our players are getting a reputation for going down easy. Well, Scott in particular, because he's always there trying to buy a free kick. Uh, Les, just bringing the uh, first half action to a close. Um, Tim Close, you've already said he didn't have one of his better games, but a sloppy pass. And uh, to use Brian Tinian's on the second phase of. Uh, the attack, uh, McGree, another fine save by Max O'Leary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the best saves he did. I think. I think the first one you kind of expect him to save, the one straight at him you expect him to save, but he hit it with a lot of power um, from the angle, and yeah, it was a very good save. I mean, it was dreadful defending again, um, yeah. but you know what, O'Leary done good today, and that was one of the examples. Yeah, and Force just before the break, Force hit the post, and then. Kloss did that 
crunching tackle that clearly wasn't a penalty. But you know, when when we say you know it was poor defending, they, 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 he did. They were putting their bodies on the line a bit to protect that lead as half time approached. Well, that's the bare minimum that you expect your players put the body on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the block from closer, he just stuck his leg out and hoped for the best, didn't he? And um, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't like he was throwing himself in front of the ball and putting his body on the line. He was facing the wrong way and stuck his leg out. It clipped yeah. his leg, hit the po- and then it went wide and hit the post. So I think it was more luck than judgment. But I think, like I said earlier, that first half, uh, with the exception of Pring, Viner and Closer were all over the place. And maybe it wasn't helped by Semenyo playing wing back. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. No, Semenyo and Viner. No. I mean, you might, you might make one change. You might take Sykes off, but keep De Silva on for a bit of continuity, put Vyman out there or put Scott out there. Um, yeah. You don't put Semenya out there. Oh, I mean, Christ, he doesn't man. work hard. He doesn't work hard, does he? No. So how can you expect him to, one, playing in a position he's not used to? He doesn't strike me as someone who's going to run up and down and work hard. It didn't make much sense to me, and I don't think that helped either. No. Anyway, Ian, we go in 1-0 up, but uh, I'll be honest, I was still making my cup of tea. T- t- tell us about the, uh, uh, the, the what proved to be the equalising uh, goal uh, just after the restart. I've seen, I have seen a replay of it, but uh, you know, I thought, oh, Christ, here we go. But the Avalanche oh, never well, came. We lost, a, we lost the ball further up the pitch. Um, Semenyo was absent without leave. The ball came down his side because he'd been switched over to the right-hand side at halftime for reasons best known to whoever did it. I'm taking it was Pearson. Um, and their player uh, got away, put in a cross. And um, is it Akpom? Chuka Akpom? Yeah. Swept the ball yeah. in low with his with his left foot. But it was, it was no more than Borough deserved. And you could see the goal coming that way um, 20 minutes previously. So it just shows to me a lack of uh, tactical awareness and a lack of intelligence. And and on Semenyo, either play either play Semenyo up front or don't play him. All right. Yeah. Well, you said it. You've said it numerous times here, and it's a it's an antic, not a tactic. Yeah, it is, and and stop it for Christ's sake. I don't know if he's trying to prove a point. But the point he's proving is if we ain't careful and we don't beat Watford, uh, not just we don't beat Watford, but that was at least send us into the into uh, into the World Cup break in a reasonable position in the table. I mean, we're eight points off the playoffs now and we're three points off relegation. And the teams below us have all got games in hand and some of the tick Coventry are above us. They got three games in hand. I know. I know. So, you know, for, for God's sake, wake up. And if and if if people can't see it and they're still full of oh Nigel haven't had any money and he goes because I I've, I've set out a team to play against Lincoln, all right? We could make. Let's, seven... let's, let's, get, let's come on to that in a minute, Ian. Yeah, we'll go through the Lincoln. We we'll talk about the Lincoln game right after this. So right. I just want to finish yeah. finish on the action. Go back to you, Les. I mean, the one thing Semenya did have a chance in the game, just on the hour. It was a decent through ball by Viner to Conway. And he set up Semenyo, and it was just over at the near post. But he is snatching at the chances that he gets, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's lost confidence, and it's not helped when you stick in someone like him, uh, wing back. But he, he wasn't beating his man. He wasn't even trying to beat his man, and that's one of his big strengths. When he runs at people, defenders shit themselves. 
He's got yeah. power. He's got pace. He's decent with both feet, but he wasn't even trying to beat his man. Um, and yeah, it was a good ball by Vino. It was cut back and he skied it. He does that too often. That's one of his weaknesses. He just hits it as hard as he can and hopes for the best. You know what I mean? He gets into the position and but that's it. I just, I just, to be honest with you, from what I was watching, I wouldn't have taken him off. I would have taken Wells off because I thought Wells had a really poor game. Yes, he run, he worked hard and he pressed a bit, but I would have actually kept put Semenyo up front, taken Wells off um, because I think Semenyo does have that bit of magic and he needs a goal when you need a goal. When he gets a goal, we, we last time I was on this pod, we were yeah. saying that this guy's a world beater. We're going to get 15 million quid for him. We might get 20 million quid for him. I mean, he's, <laughs> but, but he's, he's, he's lost confidence. Um, and, and yeah, I just, he doesn't, he, the problem is he doesn't work hard. You know, some players like Vyman, when they're out of form, they work their socks off. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't. He's quite lackadaisical, yeah. which again makes it even more questionable putting him in a wing back position. But yeah. it's a good player in there. We know that. But the problem is, but every, month, value, that goes, every yeah, month that goes past, every month that goes past, his value is going down. One, because he's his contract's getting older and two because he's not playing very well. Well, that's it. It's a double whammy, isn't it? You know, because we were saying quite rightly in our estimation, which, well, we know, but, you know, eight weeks ago, he's worth 12 million quid. I, I, you know, he's probably, his value's gone down by half now because he's not been getting the goals. I mean, look, just to wrap up the game, uh, Akpom brought another save from Max O'Leary late on. And then in the 92nd minute with the referee seemingly want to give Middlesbrough every possible chance because he paid an extra minute anyway. This is on 92 minutes. And that McGree brought a save from Max O'Leary. So Pearson didn't give Max O'Leary a lot of praise in his post-match interview. You know, you would argue that he's just doing his job. But I think for the first time this season, I might be wrong, probably am wrong actually, but I said 23 shots on target, uh, sorry, 23 shots from Middlesbrough nine on target. I don't think we've seen so many shots bear down on our goal since um, since the game against Norwich. Now, he said, cup half full, cup half empty. You know, two wins in 12. That's what it is. Two wins, yet yeah, in 12. What's it? Is it three draws, seven defeats or four draws? I don't know. Somebody put me right on that. Yeah? Any, Ian? Three or four draws? Don't know. All right. But it's two wins in 12, whichever way you look at it. That's cup half empty. Cup half full. We've only conceded one goal. We haven't conceded more than one goal in each of the last three games. Fact of the matter is we've only picked up, uh, was it, two points. Um, and we've got eight academy lads in there. And we're doing we're doing okay on that perspective. But the bottom pack, we are looking over our shoulder. And Nigel Pearson said up before the last international break, or sorry, when play resumed after the last international break, he set the players a challenge of getting themselves in the top six. I think they were in there or just on the edge of it when he said that. Well, they're doing really well. I'm sure they might have misheard him because they're setting their own challenge of trying to get in the bottom three. I don't think we will, to be fair, although uh, Watford next week is not easy. Right, Ian, um, Caribou Cup. We've forgotten all about that. We've forgotten all about that. we got the mighty Lincoln who lost at Chippenham today and Chippenham in the second round of the FA Cup for the first time in their history. Well done uh, to them. Uh, what's your team for Lincoln then, Ian? Well, we can make seven changes, so I'm not going to hear any of this, oh, the players are tired, uh, baloney, that you normally get. So, the team. Uh, 
in the same formation we usually play, which is 3-4-1-2, Bentley in goal, back three, Viner, Lowe, Atkinson. Um, next four would be Sykes, Scott, James and De Silva, and then reunite the WSM with Viman in behind Semenyo and Martin. And to answer your question about points, we've taken nine out the last 39. Yeah, Christ. So that will, without doubt, my friend, send you down if we go on like that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's not good. So you're bringing in you're bringing in low in the uh, in the centre, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, when do you bring these? Like, I mean, you're bringing him in against what Lincoln third third division. Yeah. So you you bring them in. You bring the uh, bring them in in the third division. Um, against the third division side, and you will see what they're like under that kind of pressure in front of a decent crowd. I don't think it's going to be a big crowd, especially not after that uh, today. Uh, so I don't think they sold. I think ticket sales are particularly poor, to be honest. Yeah, I and I mean the precise number. Let's be, you know, we all due respect to Lincoln. They're not a big draw. Um, I doubt their fans are that interested in it, but they, you know, they might bring a few down. Um, but that's what that's what I do because I don't. If we get knocked out, we get knocked out. I really don't care. But that side is arguably positionally is is all is just as strong as what we put out today. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Ian, just picking up on that point. Yeah, you know, and this business of playing. <laughs> Square pegs in round holes with Vyman and Semenyo, you know he could he could have put Low in and pushed Matt pushed uh, Campring at left uh, on that left side, couldn't he? You know which would have been structurally better than playing two players in totally unfamiliar positions. You're talking to me. You, I'm still talking to you here. Yeah, yeah. I've got to ask um, Les about that. Team yeah, there's lots of, there's yeah. lots of things he could have done. Um, but he didn't do it. So what we've got to talk about is what what we saw. And and I couldn't see um well before the game, Pearson said um need to get hold of the ball and dominate the midfield. There's three in there and they're all good players. Well, they spent most of the half of, of both halves, certainly in their own half, and within about 10, 15 yards of the penalty area and mm-hmm. gifting the ball to um, Middlesbrough, who had 72% possession. Which is why Housen looked to be like Franz Beckenbauer, well, a world so, beater, just dominating well, everything. Well, House, if you know, Housen was in 25 yards of space. So anybody, any quality player in, in 25 yards of space is, is going to hurt you. And what we should have done is push the player right up on him. And I thought when... Bell came on, what they might have done is brought Sykes on and stuck Vyman back up front in that 10 roll to stop that happening. Or they could have done it from the start. But I I mean, people were, I, I said on um, on Twitter, um, it's going to be a, um, it's either going to be a stroke of genius or some, a word I can't repeat on here, but it begins with cluster. Um, and I think it was it was that second one, and yeah. and I'm glad. Uh, just can I can I just say one of the comments? Um, symbolize. I think that's what it is. Or yeah. symbol. Yes. Like 
Yeah. Uh, lol, Ian makes me laugh. We don't do it or else comments. Imagine him saying that to Pearson. Yeah, I would say it to Pearson. <laughs> because if a manager can say to me, um, well, if he can explain, I, I, I think I understand what he was trying to do today, but you could see after 20 minutes of the game, it was going horribly wrong. Yeah. And we could have easily been out of that game after half an hour. Easily, if, if if Max Ant had a ten out of ten game, well, he had a game like he did at Villa Park on that uh, was it New Year's Day or something. I think we still yeah, when lost. We, but, when, yeah. we lost yeah. ten, when we lost when we lost two nil. one, it should should have been ten nil. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's right. He had one of those days, and if he's like that, he's shown he's shown that he can command that number one goalkeeping spot. Let me ask you, Les, Les, that team that. Uh, Ian put out there, you know for a fact that the manager won't do it. Bentley, Viner, Lowe, Atkinson as a three. Sykes, Scott, James, Jada Silva, resting Pring. Obviously, Viman, going back to WSM, Viman, Semenyo and Martin. I suppose Lincoln haven't got athletes at the back. So do you agree with giving Chrissy Martin a run out? It was his birthday yesterday. He is 34. Uh, well, I play Semenyo up front because he needs yeah. a goal. Uh, and that could, if he gets a couple... That'll be confidence. I wouldn't play Matty James. I wouldn't play Joe Williams. I wouldn't play Alex Scott. I think they need a rest. Uh, gonna, who comes in there? Are midfield then, Les? Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. We've got, we got, we got to pick, uh, pick a okay, team. Okay, all right. Okay, well, okay. If you let me speak, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Andy King, Hanno Masengo, and oh, Mark Sykes. There you go. Yeah. That answers the question. Well done. Yeah. Well, Mark Sykes is already playing right right wing back. So you, if you go with the two Sykes is, and King, is Tanner, can Tanner play or is he suspended? He's suspended. suspended. He won't play uh, again this side of the World Cup. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe put Joe Low out there. That's what he did for the last ten minutes today. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. And to be honest, you're not really interested in it. Uh, we could get we could get beaten badly, and it's not going to make any difference to me because it's a cup game and it's a Mickey Mouse cup that no one cares about. And we've had yeah. our run when we got when we did Man United. Do we need another That's one? Five years ago, less. That's five yeah. Years well, ago. can you believe that? Eh? Yeah, but oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it's about resting legs to. Um, ensure that for the Saturday league game, those players who look leggy, and I thought Alex Scott looked very leggy in the last 15, 20 minutes today. I think he needs a rest. Um, and I think uh, Semenya needs to play up top just so that he can try and get some confidence. Vyman, I, I mean, ideally, I'd give Vyman a rest as well, but we haven't got the players. We haven't got the numbers, have we? So yeah. it'll be up to Pearson to decide what he does. I'm not really bothered, to be honest. With the in the cup, so everything. So, Ian, the last game before the World Cup, Watford at home. Uh, we really need three points, and they're pretty inconsistent. But on their day, you know, they can beat anybody. But uh, you know, a point would you say psychologically, a point, whilst not ideal, is better than nothing? Or do you think you know it's win at all costs? Well, math- mathematically, a point's better than nothing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and Watford are you know if I I looked at their team today, Watford, and I'm thinking wow, how on earth did Coventry beat them? If you if you look, they play a four two three one, and if you look at the three and the one, they walk in our team. Um, so look, uh, yes, a point's better than nothing, but we do need more after the run we've had. 
which is absolutely dreadful. Um, and no one, we, we seem to be, as a club, we seem to be sleepwalking towards it. And I think there's a large section of our fan base who are taking it for granted, and indeed our board are taking it for granted that we'll still be in the championship next season. And then we can start to work all the things out around all the players leaving and all the money it saves us and, and all that. We get relegated, that loses us 8 million quid a year. Yes. Straight off the bat. Right now, that's before you don't sell as many season tickets, you don't get the advertising money, you don't get the commercial revenue. Right? That's straight off the bat. And a lot of better players that we've got ain't going to want to play League One football. I'll tell you that now. So you you look at look at it, and we need to wake up and stop sleepwalking because. You know, we've got a 23% win rate over those 39 points. And what's that, 13 games? Yeah. So if you did that over a season... I just to use it. the word extrapolate... No, it's not an extrapolation. It, <laughs> it is. If you did that, it is. You're extrapolating that form over a season. I'm only using the word because somebody it's said... 30, it's, 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 thir it's 37 points over yeah. a season. And that's going to take you down. Of course, yeah. So yeah. on the basis we've already got uh, 23, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But we certainly yeah. got to get some wins and soon because we don't want to get into a scrap with the team we've got, even when the likes you hope, we all hope, of Callas and Naismith are back after the uh, World Cup break. Because if yeah. they're not back in another what will that be five weeks time six weeks six weeks time then they yeah. really have got serious serious problems yeah no you're right um it's taunton reds put on here an interesting little question uh I'll come to you first with it les he said if you had a magic wand les what three mm -hmm. things would you do to make us seriously competitive do you know what i do i do one thing i'd fast forward the next year and a half so that all those players are out of contract go so that our financial situation is in a more sustainable place which means we can actually make some signings and actually spend some money and actually have some sustainable wages so that we can actually build something and compete at a level which means we may be playoff contenders so all i want to do is fast forward the next year and a half Pearson keeps going on about, yeah, I'm just going, I'm here for the three year. We didn't say that, but he says the person after me may reap the rewards of what we do. So clearly, there's this mindset of just trying to get through the next couple of years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Ian's right. We are sleepwalking a bit, but I think realistically, because of our financial place, we just need to see out the next couple of years. And then hopefully, we'll be with a sound. And hope we're still in this division. And, and hope, hope we're still, we're in, this still in this division. Look, at the end yeah. of the day, if you, if you said to me, we finished 20th this season, I'd probably take it. Because we ain't going to go up, are we? We no. ain't going up. Because we ain't no. good enough to go up. Yeah. Uh, we got, we're reliant on young kids. We're reliant on people who ain't championship standard. And we're reliant on a decent strike force. Um, so let's just try and survive because... Okay. Yeah, that's quite straightforward. That's, Ian, what would... Yeah. Uh, you say magic wand, three things you would do at City to make us seriously competitive. To make us seriously competitive? Um, 
I, I don't think, I think it all starts and ends with the coaches um, because I don't think they've got the solutions. And I agree with 99% of, well, probably 95% of what Nigel Pearson says. I don't, his analysis is normally spot on, but it's solutions. So I would try and find um, a coach that can provide the solutions. Because how much longer do we go on in this in the form that we're in now? Is it another two games? Is it and and then that coach would have the World Cup break to have like a mini preseason and get his ideas across to the players and get players up to speed. Because if we don't do it, and and people who say, well, who else is available? Well, if Forrest thought had that approach, Chris Hooten has still been their manager, and they'd have probably gone down last season instead of gone up. So you can't just keep saying, well, who else is available? I mean, Corbyn's taken over at West Brom. How, how, no, has he got any one? They, they, they won today. Did they win during the week as well? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And, they're and, two points behind. They're point, uh, two, uh, no, three points behind us now, West Brom. Yeah, with a game in hand. Yeah, well, and, there you go. Curiously enough, the same goal differences we've got. And when you look at the season they've had. Yeah. Well, Bruce got the sack. Yeah. And well, what you're honestly, calling for then, Ian, what you are calling for then, Ian, is, is a change of regime, which, you know, it ain't going to happen because he's convinced, he's convinced the Lansdowns and he's convinced a fair portion of the uh, fan base that we are where we are. Yeah. And this is BS12's comment on here. When are you guys going to accept the problem is bigger than Pearson? We've no money. We've got a large number of players out of contract. We're shopping in League Two and free transfers. Pearson isn't without criticism, but the problem is much bigger than Pearson. Well, then that BS12 is you're saying we're paying the um, uh, we're paying the price for Lansdowne having the wool pulled over his eyes by Mr Ashton or putting his son in charge and stuff like that. So Pearson and some of Pearson's comments a bit like when people say Sean O'Driscoll created the platform that Steve Steve Bruce advanced from. I mean, yeah, what three things would I do to make seriously City seriously competitive? My view on that, um, I would... I, the manager's not going to get sacked, so that's 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 not going to happen. Um, I, I would sell at least one of our stars if somebody came in for them in the uh, January window and do some manoeuvring, just get the high wage. You know, if, if Bentley's going to go in the summer, why not let him go now? Max has proved he's an able deputy and we've got a Bajic in the background. Thomas Callas, you know, he, you know he's going to be off in the summer. Uh, if you look at the six months that we've been without him, it's not been disastrous without him and there's some young good youngsters uh, coming through low being an example and what have you so i Dave, would can I ask you do a, some Dave, yeah go on can i ask you a question yeah go on naki wells is out of contract in the summer yeah daniel bentley's out of contract thomas callis yeah. is out of contract Masengo's out of contract jay de yeah. silva if they're going to leave yeah. in january january they're going to want to go i don't see any of these players signing a new contract with us because no. the money we offer Wells and Callas and Bentley is probably going to be lower, considerably lower 
than what they've been what they've got now right so that means realistically we could be losing all these players for nothing in the summer yeah that's the problem because that's what happened so you have a fire sale in january then because the problem is the problem is one people are going to need to want to sign them and two why are they going to leave in january when they could wait until may which is what five months get a big payoff or big signing on fee and have more options Mm. surely they're going to buy their time and be patient and wait yeah and then we've got a problem because we're losing all these assets yes we're gaining money we're probably going to gain 50 grand a week from callus and wells going alone but we're not going to get any money and that's another problem that we have got ourselves into well that's it i mean it is we've got ourselves we've got ourselves into the uh we've got ourselves into the mess and the lands down stewardship has got us into that mess because as we keep saying there are a lot of other clubs that are poorer than we are um you know and have, have achieved a lot more i was on radio sheffield this week uh just doing a preview for the game against sheffield united and they said you know like, what a great ground you got and everything like that and i i said yeah i said it's great we got the training centers and got everything but i said some and i said we're lucky in inverted commas that we have a, a uk-based chairman who's not uh or a uk you know that's not got the the vagaries of some of the other chairman but i said some people have achieved a hell of a lot more for a hell of a lot less you know and you look at you keep saying all this but you look at some clubs that since we look got luton. to the playoffs well look at luton no but look at some clubs since we got to the playoffs in 2008 i think cardiff and swansea have both had two spells in the in in the top flight i just love to have Blackpool. one season you know i'm 66 <laughs> now will i see yeah. another season you know i mean hopefully i'll still be going when i'm 90 yeah but are we gonna are we gonna achieve that breakthrough i don't know what's needed to do it and you know um well anyway let's talk about the world cup break what's coming up um in fact no let's pick up on some of these things here uh how on earth can we let so many players leave for free well we did it with for deji that's what mark small said should be sold with 18 months if we won't re-sign well that's if somebody wants to buy them mark um ps12 is going with you les how many of our out of contract players are going to put their foot in for us when out of contract in five or six months it's a effing mess don't disagree with that other teams haven't had an almighty financial hole to scrape out and have had stable management over a period of time robbins and jones didn't jones leave to go to stoke and then come back to luton my yeah. memory serves me correctly yeah. um, and then there's yeah. teams like blackburn that change their manager with some regularity all right look we're, we're going over we are going over old ground the world cup break everybody said oh great yeah, isn't it good we could do with a break right now we'll come at just the right time quite honestly our form after most international breaks over the last eight years that we've been in this division when the matches are suspended because of international call-ups the last eight years when we come back after an international break of 10 days we are shit we're having one of five weeks and look how we came look how we were when we came back after the covid shutdown when we had that sort of mini pre-season and i think we lost the first four which cost him his uh, job ian are you surprised that we haven't heard anything what the club's plans are and the reason why i posed that question i was listening to talk sport this uh, week some of us have to for some of the time i listened to talk sport and they were saying there was an interview with uh, Mikel Arteta and he said, yeah, we're losing about 12 players to the World Cup. But he said, 
we've arranged some friendlies and stuff like that because he said we still got a lot of people and we want to keep them you know up to fitness i mean we haven't heard of dicky bird what's happening with city are they letting them go off to magala for two weeks and then coming back and you know trying to pick up do you know ian and, and what would you yeah. do what would you do if you were city in a break of this length well he's he's um as steve has said that's not correct um nigel pearson has said uh, something about a mini pre-season but he doesn't like playing too many games but we'll play one friendly i think that's what i picked up from what I can remember from the fans forum. Um, so he has said what he's going to do. Now, the quite, we won't have that many players away at the World Cup. I know, well, Antoine's in the big squad, the 55. Whether he'll be in it, given his form, um, we'll have to see. Uh, in, in a way, being completely selfish, I hope he isn't. Um, uh, because I think that will then. I think he's the only one. Antoine is he the only one going away in the, in the World Cup? Those any ideas? Uh, I don't know. Uh, like Austria, Austria in it, are they? Are Austria in it? I don't know. No, I think I think Austria. From memory, I think they got knocked out. Um, mm. But what, whatever, we haven't. Callas. No, Kalas? He's, I don't think. Well, Callas can't go. He's injured. Um, but if if he's if he's semi fit, I mean Czech Republic, I don't know if they qualify. I don't think they're yeah, in. They're not. They're not in it. Okay. Czechs aren't in it. Austria's not in it. So, and like I said, if Naismith and Kalas aren't back, and I mean fit and back, because don't forget there'll be under twenty one games to play. There's no reason why they, if they've got the injuries that we've been told about, and Naismith is obviously, uh, it's not a serious injury, but it's more difficult than we thought was. Nigel Pearson's words, um, then why not? Uh, why not go in it? Uh, we we should be able to regroup and reorganise, and I think that's another reason was really important to go into it. If we go into it with two wins, one against Lincoln and one against Watford, and Watford game's the most important. Mm. But if we go into it with a couple of home wins, at least then the confidence is going to be up a bit, and with yeah. better players coming back. We should be better. So th those are, are my only, what I will call, realistic hopes. My silly hope, as I said last week, is that if we do all that and we stay relatively injury-free, we could make the playoffs in what I think is not a great division. Because Sheffield United wallop Burnley 5-2 today. Now, yes. we should have beat them Tuesday night. We should have beat them. Um, um, all right, we didn't because we couldn't stick the ball in the net. But we should come out of game with at least a point. And, and honestly, we were much the better team and we should have beat them. But coming back to what, you know, you said about the midfield, James, William, Scott, no goals, no assists. And not well, Williams much... has got one goal. Williams has got one goal. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, all right. But come on, how many games has he played? Mm. Um, Scotty, for all his undoubted ability... I don't. He, he, I don't think he scored this season. In fact, I know he hasn't. And he hasn't. I, I don't think he's got many assists. And that's what you need for your midfield. And that's why the goals are dried up because Semenyo's so far out of form. He should be on the way back. Uh, great to see Andy Vyman score, but that was his first goal in God knows how long. Chris Martin's not getting on the pitch. Semenyo's totally out of form, and and Naki is working really hard, and he's probably in the best form of all of them. But this continually larruping long high balls to Naki Wells, 
Jess gets me throwing stuff around the room. I'm really sorry, but I, I, I just, why? Why do it? And, and Max isn't stupid. He's Someone's obviously told him to do that with his long kicks. Mm. You know, we haven't got a target, man. So you're going to have to play out through the back and play through the thirds and get the ball down the channels against their centre backs. Yeah. Do you, do you think do you think Les? I mean, again, uh, my mistake for saying that Pearson hasn't announced his plans. I haven't heard them, but do you think Les that Pearson can use this effectively to drum out of them? Like, well, I mean, probably Viner's not going to play in a makeshift back three when we come back after the World Cup. But do you think Pearson can? change anything has he got the inkling the desire to change you know is it, are we going to try something a he bit needs different is he pinning his hopes on the window he needs to get players fit especially defenders and he needs to get them doing practice games so they can develop some kind of match sharpness for when we come back after the break i think the break's coming at the right time because we need naismith back we need Caliph back and if we keep losing games or drawing games we're going to end up in the relegation zone so what mm. he's not going to change his shape is he i mean he's completely the fact he's playing semenyo at left wing back shows you he ain't going to change his shape Jeez. um but what we need coming back is Callas right center back Naysmith, smith and atkinson and maybe a signing on loan uh or a freebie a free signing a defender if there's any available out there which i'm assuming there probably isn't at this time of year yeah. uh just so that we can then get our best players on the pitch because we haven't had that um and i do think pearson does get sometimes unfair stick he has been dealt a pretty shit hand yeah you look dealt. at some and if you look at the players who are playing he's he is giving game time to a lot of youngsters i think there are certain things he has done that don't make any sense i don't think it makes sense to play semenyo and wing back I don't think it makes sense to potentially scapegoat particular people. I think he did it to Pring. Uh, I'm worried he praised him today, mate. Praised him today. He praised him today, but yeah. you know he wasn't even getting on the bench. And then we had a hopelessly unbalanced bench at times, and he still wasn't getting on the bench. And mm -hmm. he's got a track record of doing that. So I don't think he helps himself. But at the same time, he is doing okay with a pretty terrible situation. But he's also created a rod for his own back by saying we want to finish in the playoffs or in and around the playoffs this season because we ain't good enough. There's not a chance it's going to happen. So why is he talking nonsense? Interesting because... you mentioned about loans. Sorry, sorry, though. It's interesting you mentioned about loans because he's usually quite discreet. But he mentioned about this Kadira, was it, who uh, yeah. was at Sheffield United. I mean, you wouldn't have seen him as the sort of player that we would bring him to the club because is he a bit of a is he a bit of a Riyad Mahrez or something like that? He's a bit of a Yeah, recurring. but I'm not sure again, I'm not sure like why we'd sign him because he's a, he's, no. a, he's like a winger. He's like a winger who yeah. who who doesn't work particularly hard. He's yeah. he's good at set pieces, he's quite creative, he's got a goal in him, but he didn't score that many for Blackburn or no. or assist that many. So it's a bit of a strange one because he seems to be going with this 3-5-2 because he says it's the best you know it's the best formation for the players we have but um, yeah it's a bit of a strange one because we have so many attacking players who can play in that kind of similar position yeah um, I would have thought a defender or a couple of defenders would have been a much bigger priority 
But then yeah. you just don't know with Pierce, and he has a habit. We of... Well, we don't know. Look, we're sat here, we're spouting off the usual rubbish. That it's not rubbish actually. We think it's vaguely intelligent comment, uh, but we don't know what he thinks. But Ian, I'll ask you that same question about Kadira. You know, it's not like Pearson to disclose anything, but to say about a player that you know <laughs> Sheffield decided to drag off after thirty minutes. Uh, that was uh, the, the, one of the so-called mavericks that he was alluding to in that Sky interview uh, when he was coming across as very sage-like. Yeah, well, I mean, it, if the kid's a winger, we play without wingers. And you can only do that in a four-four-two or possibly a 4-3-3 when you play one, uh, which which morphs into a 4-5-1, doesn't it, when you're defending? Um, but... I don't see anything wrong with him saying that we'd like to get in the playoffs. Um, I mean, if he came out and said, well, we got no chance and it's all about survival, there's probably a certain, as someone said on there, there's a certain element of the fans who might think, well, uh, that's very, very pessimistic and you're not being positive because we have got a huge number of people who confuse positivity with wishful thinking. Um, And I, I... I, I said it's it's wishful thinking, um, and and I think wishfully sometimes because I think it. Once again, I'll come back to saying exactly what I said. If we could keep everyone fit, and and we could get on a run, I think we got players that could drive up the table. I mean, we beat Preston. We were the yeah. better side, and they're sixth, and and they've got. Uh, eight, eight more. Uh, no, yeah, eight more points than us. It's now, nothing, think, really, Ian. It's nothing. What, eight points is nothing, is can, it? Really? What they they can do, if we can, is defend. And he has got a battery of coaches. Uh, they've got God knows how many years in football. If you add it all together, it must be hundreds. Yeah. Now, why can't they do it? And it's a little bit like I when I used to hear Lee Johnson talking about. Well, we need leaders. Lee, you've signed 72 players, son. 72 yeah. players. And, and you're telling me you haven't got a leader and you didn't think you were a good idea? You couldn't add on one? I, I don't understand why he is so fixated to this 3-5-2. Now, he, he said on the fans forum the other day in that pub that he plays 3-5-2 because that's the best formation with the players that we've got. But I question when we're struggling so badly at the back, why we don't move to a back four. There are a number of players I think who could probably play as a fullback. Um, we've got people who can play out wide in Semenyo, Vyman, um, etc. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's a go-to solution, but I don't think, you know, he should be... He, what he needs to he change, thinks. he's not going to. He is... He is no, he's not, he gonna, he's not going way. to. He's no. not going to change it, but I don't see why at certain points in games... It doesn't hurt to be a bit more well to play four at the back to go four three three. We're talking about having a plan B at the end of the day, and then and he'll yeah. always fudge it. I've heard him do interviews when he said, "Well, it's not about systems or anything like that," but it is. Yeah, I mean, so can I kind of know, say you could you you could play a four three three. You could have O'Leary in goal. You could have Sykes at right back, to Silver at left back, and then you could have Viner at close in the middle. If close ain't available, you could have Atkinson in the middle. Okay, or you could have Atkinson and Closer in the middle, right? You've then got the likes of Williams, James Scott, Masengo, King, all of whom can play in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've then got the likes of um, 
Semenyo, who can play as a striker, who can play as a right winger. You've got Vyman, who can play as a left winger. Now, I appreciate we're short in attacking options out wide, so there may not be scope to change that. You've got Wells up top. You've got Conway up top. You've got Martin up top. You could change it around. You could switch people yeah. from different sides. Do you know what I mean? We um, could play four five one, and you know you pack yeah, them you in. You've got to be watertight because I know we. I'd much rather we did that. I'd much rather we did that than play Andy mm-hmm. King at centre back, play George Tanner at right centre back. That cost us at least a point last week. Do you know what I mean against yeah, Sheffield United? Yeah. How many times have defenders made mistakes this season when we have played three at the back? What about Blackpool? We're three two up in third fourth minute of injury time, and we're and, and we've completely lost our shape, giving the ball away and scored. It's no coincidence that our defences are weak. And that's the coaching, and that's the coaching because the number of times, right, again today, that Viner was pulled into the middle, right, could they not communicate with him and just, like, shout can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I say something? There's a bloke on here who said, what, Viner's completely wasted playing out wide. He scored from playing out wide today. So what's, yeah. he, what's he on about? He, he scored playing win back today, so of course he can play out wide. I mean, he's been yeah. playing in the centre for the last two and a half, three months and done nothing for 14 games. So, unfortunately, if something ain't working, you can try something else. Now, Pearson knows a lot more than I do. I'm only coming at this from an outsider looking in. Yeah. But Pearson is obviously know. dead against it. He does know. Yeah. He does know a lot yeah. more. I'd just like to welcome into the studio, Reverend Miss, uh, Miss Purple Asante. Welcome to Forever Bristol <laughs> City podcast. Um, Ian. Um, we need all the help we can get, Dave. Ian, a few prayers, uh, Reverend. Yeah, we could do with that. Um, we come back. I just want to look at a little cluster of games. We come back after the World Cup. Um, on Our first game is away at Rotherham on the 10th of December. And then we always four- lose. Before our four before the turn of the year. In fact, no, let's take it as a five up to January the first. There we go. Bristol City versus or Rotherham versus Bristol City. Bristol City versus Stoke. Bristol City versus West Brom. Millwall, Bristol City, Coventry, Bristol City on New Year's Day. Then there's a break for the uh, FA Cup by the look of it. I mean, there's five games there, right? Uh, what are we going to be on when we go into the World Cup? 21 games played, yeah? So match number 23 is going to be after the Stoke uh, game. We need to have, just to feel the comfort factor at the halfway stage of the season, probably another three, uh, no, what am I talking about? Another five points. No, don't be silly. Another four points to add to our 23 uh, between now and the Stoke game, I, that's just three league games before Christmas Day. We need to have five points in those three games to have, you know, for us to start to feel a little bit, um, you know, we, we've got, again, roll it forward. We're, we're, we're going to get north of 50 points. But you just don't know, do you? You just don't know. All of those games are potential banana skins. Les has just said, Rotherham away. We never win up there, do we? So it doesn't get any easier when we come back, does it, Ian? Well, the, the division won't get any easier because, as I've said, it's it's an average division with a lot of teams who are roughly the same. So what you've got to do is be in um, good form for long enough to get the points you need because in this division, there's a defeat around the corner. And, yeah. and there is, particularly for us, because honestly, we're, we're you know, we, we've had a run now um, of, if you, if you look at the last 12 games, all right? 
Uh, played 12, won two, drew three, lost seven. That's nine points. Mm. Now that's 0.75 points a game. So you you can do that and then say, well, we're sliding down the table. Well, yeah, you will. So uh, it, we, did, we do need, I mean, the team, everybody needs to wake up and realise that we've got a problem because I found that fans forum from the point of view of Richard Gould um, and uh, Nigel Pearson, the word relegation wasn't mentioned. No. And, and I think we need to, because the, the plans they're making, I can assure you, are not plans that um, relegation fit in. So they are assuming, and it's a massive assumption, that we yep. stay in the championship. Yeah. Now, please God, they're right, because no one wants to see us get relegated because it would be an unmitigated disaster, particularly financially of biblical proportions for a club that's lost the thick end of 7-0, 70 million pounds. In the last two seasons. In the last two financial years. Oh God, it's a nightmare. So, so let's just let's just wake up and everybody roll their sleeves up from Nigel Pearson to the tea lady and give it a real go. And let's right. get away from any complacency or any arrogance about, oh, we got a lovely ground, we got these wonderful high performance centres. Yeah, fabulous. That's all brilliant. Let's see some results on the field, please, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Just quick one, final question to both of you. Um, we've lost Richard Gould. Um, he was a master politician and he's taken a role that with the ECB that he's going to play on those uh, skills of diplomacy that he's got. Um, should we have a director of football or do you think we will get another high-profile uh, chief executive? Les, you just what, 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 what do you think the club needs? You know, I mean, because you can get a good administrator for probably half what Richard Gould was getting and he came with an impeccable track record. Do you think we might even try and save money because he's gone? from the end of the transfer window. But how do, how do you think, uh, what do you think they'll do in that front? I think they'll go for a Richard Scudamore-type character. That's what I think that will happen. Would he be an ideal choice in many people's views on that, even though he's uh, even doing it on a part-time basis? I think he'd bring a lot to the table. We've been an advocate of that on this podcast. What do you think, Ian, just to wrap up? I don't think Scudamore would want to do it. He... Director of football? I don't think Scudamore would want to do it. Um, he retired from the Premier League. He's an extremely wealthy man. And quite frankly, I think he's got better things to do than come down here. I mean, um, I, I think we could, we're at the point where we could probably do with, as you've suggested, splitting the role into two. So you bring in an administrator, but you need a director of football and someone who's got contacts at all the Premier League clubs can get good loans providing the money is available. That, but now that isn't the market that we're shopping in. And Richard Gould said that. He said, we're going for free agents, in other words, people out of contract, and um, the guys in League One. Okay. So hopefully, go. hopefully, and somebody said, Nigel Pearson don't want a director of football. I wouldn't be all that worried what he wanted, because I don't think he's in a very strong position um, with the results we've had. And I'm ever so sorry. And like I say, I agree with a lot of what he says. 
I, I do. Genuinely, if you look at his analysis of games, yeah, I, 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 I would say I agree with 90% of it. What he's got to start doing, and he can do it however he likes, he can do whatever he wants to do, because I and nobody else, me, you, people on other podcasts, can't change anything down at Ashton Gate or at the HPC. We just can't. We haven't got the authority, and they probably wouldn't listen to us for five minutes anyway. Right? <laughs> that long. <laughs> yeah. So what? So fine. I don't care if you take no notes at all. Cure the problem. Get some results. Yeah. And, and that's it. Um, no, that's what we want. All right, and, Ian. You know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, and he needs to be very careful. Well, we need to do this and we need to do that. We need to, well, yeah, do it. Yeah, but can you get some results at the same time, Nigel? Please. Just yeah. for me, if you like. There we go. Well, look, just to finish, Taunton Red said on here, I don't always agree with Ian, but I've agreed with everything he said tonight. And, um, you know, I, I, I say you, you, Les, and Ian, you know, great contributors to the podcast over time. Um, we probably won't speak to uh, you, Les, until after the World Cup. So uh, enjoy. Yeah, I can't say I'm going to Cheers, be glued pal. to the TV. I'm going to be glued to the TV. I had to laugh at that uh, exposure of uh, Gary Neville on uh, have I got news for you last night by uh, Ian Hislop saying, well, you can make your protestations from over here. You don't have to go over there and take the money. I don't know whether anybody saw that, but uh, but there we go. Mr. Mister Tuvvy's in uh, enjoying himself in uh, Lanzarote. I'm just going off to enjoy some uh, shepherd's pie cooked at home the uh, in, this afternoon. So that's something to look forward to. But in the meantime, everybody, thank you for listening. Thanks, Ian and Les. And we'll be back with our review of what will be a scintillating cup tie against Lincoln at uh, 10 o'clock for the live recording on Wednesday morning. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cheers now. Cheers. Bye-bye. God Bye. bless everybody. Bye-bye. Load them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba-bubbing along When the red, red robin comes bubba-bubbing along, along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along.